0: I don't think we anything went like wrong. I think we played a real good third period. I mean, they scored two goals that, you know, Cam hackinson got some great speed and, uh, you know, he, he made a great
1: play. So, uh, you know, he can't just cause Naber didn't catch him. And I mean, the guy's got an unbelievable feat. So that happened in part of a game. And then the, the power play goal was a great shot. And uh, like I said, it was unfortunate because I thought we played a good first period and a real good third period. And they capitalized late. So it doesn't happen to too often, but uh, it's a tough one tonight.
0: That is the voice of Gerard you here as we begin things Golden Edge Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in once again. Adam Hill and Ben Goetz here with you. We cover the Golden Knights for the Las Vegas Review-Journal and then talk about it here on the podcast. We appreciate you guys coming in and hanging out with us for a little bit each and every week. Ben, it's been a little bit of a wild ride. I mean, the Golden Knights were on a losing streak. We talked a lot about that last week. They somehow found a way to win at Tampa close the road trip on a pretty positive note, and then come back home where they've been so good and so successful and so comfortable and start things off with eight games out of nine at home with a loss. So we'll get into all of that here on the podcast, but we'll remind you guys, thanks for tuning in, thanks for listening. Make sure you comment, share, like, tweet about us, Facebook about us, do all those things. Let people know how much you love us or hate us or or hate us,
1: we'll take either. Just let them know that we exist.
0: That's that's a good point. Let them that's know the we're key. here. Love yeah. or hate, if you have feelings about us, we like that. So uh, definitely do all of those things wherever you subscribe to your podcast. And thanks for tuning in to the Golden Age Podcast each, as we do it each and every week here from the studios of the Las Vegas Review-Journal.
1: Ben, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. As you said, it's been a weird week, it feels like, for the Knights. They, last week we were in here, they lost on the road to the Carolina Hurricanes, Florida Panthers, Two not-so-great teams, so we're thinking this is a bad road trip. Then they go to Tampa Bay, the best team in the league, win via shootout, thanks to Alex Tuck, go to Detroit, win there, then come home, play really well for the most part against the Columbus Blue Jackets, another good team that's in line to make the playoffs, then have a really bad last five minutes where Cam Atkinson just clowns them, scores twice, hands them their third straight home loss, which is weird. Because we've been talking so much about how they have this home-heavy schedule down the stretch. But that means nothing if you can't get those points at home in actuality.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's the danger sometimes of looking at it that way. And, and, you know, last week we talked about, as you mentioned, they've lost four in a row. They were getting ready to play Tampa Bay last time we were recording this
1: podcast. And you're like, all right, that's a fifth loss in a row. That's the best team in the league on And the Glant even said that, like, everyone was counting us out. He gave us a little, <laughs> little snipe at us, which I appreciated yeah. in his yeah. press conference the other day.
0: Yeah, and so you just assume, okay, that's going to be a fifth straight loss, and then they're going to go to Detroit and try to end the road, road trip well, but all of a sudden you get that win, and you beat Detroit, and then you're like, wow, eight of the next nine at home, you're in a comfortable spot, this is very interesting, and then you come home and lose. And it, it's a three-game losing streak. It's a little different than normal because there's so much time in between those games. They lost two before the break, went on a all-star break, a bye week, and then a four-game trip and come home and lose again. So the three straight home losses are like a month apart. But you've lost three straight at home, which you're not used to doing. You haven't done that all year. Golden Knights have done that once in their history. They lost four straight in a row. Four straight in a row. Wow, that's, that's well put. Nailed they lost it. four in a row last year at home at one stretch, which was another uh, stretch that was broken up. to Two games in a road trip and then two more games. So, you know, this is not a position they're used to being in. And all of the talk about, hey, the schedule gets really favor- favorable right
1: now, it does. But that doesn't mean it's guaranteed wins. No, definitely not. And I think what we have to also keep in mind is they're not the only one with a favorable schedule down the stretch, too, because if you look at the Calgary Flames, who have 74 points uh, as of when I did this outline on Monday, they had 14 home games left. So the Knights had 15 as we're recording this Tuesday morning. The Flames had 14 as of yesterday. The San Jose Sharks also had 15 as of yesterday. So these teams that they're trying to chase also have really home-heavy schedules and are also really good at home. The San Jose Sharks are actually better than the Knights at home. They've been terrific in San Jose. So we've talked all about how the schedule kind of favors them down the stretch. But really, the Sharks and the Flames are kind of on an even playing field, so you just have to play better because the schedule actually doesn't give them that many advantages. They are an even playing field
0: to, to a lot of degrees. Uh, there is one benefit in that the Golden Knights don't travel back east at all. Uh, while the Sharks and Flames, I believe, both have East Coast trips. In fact, the Flames, I uh, don't have the schedule in front of me, I think they play at Tampa tonight as part of a, uh East Coast swing. And again, that this is Tuesday as we're recording this. So uh, they both have trips to the East, which is... They do play at Tampa tonight. You were right. Which is every once in a while, I you guess nailed it. something correctly. Uh, so they, you know, those are tough spots. Those are trips that aren't just road games. They're road games that really set you back as far as, you know, fatigue and and everything else. So those trips are more difficult. The Knights have one road game the rest of this entire month. It's at Colorado, so it's a short trip. It's an easy one. So it it is different in that regard. But again, no matter how favorable the schedule is, it doesn't matter if you don't win those games. And the other day you mentioned they played pretty well for the most part. Cam Atkinson made some individual individual efforts to hand them a loss, but also Marc-Andre Fleury was not at his best at all. I mean, I think both those goals were ones that he wanted back. He said that after the game. The second one, which tied the game, was a disaster with with a misplay behind the net where the puck took a a crazy bounce on him. So, not Marc Andre Fleury's best game. He's a veteran; he'll bounce back. You would think he's not going to let that linger and get to him. But you know that's a that's a that's an issue too. Of right, even if we play okay, every once in a while he's not going to be at his best. And you know he saved them so many times, but he can't always do that. So you've you've got to find ways to get these points even when you're not feeling your best, not playing your best, you know, not at the top of your game. You've got to get the points. and The schedule's there. It's favorable. It sets up well, but you still have to perform.
1: Right, and Fleury was frustrated after that game, understandably yeah. so, after some of those goals, because he knows how important these home games are as this team tries to climb the standings. They're nine points back of San Jose right now, eight points back of Calgary. And even defenseman Nate Schmidt actually talked about, after that Columbus Blue Jackets loss, how this team needs to play better at home if they want to have a prayer kind of heading down the stretch. Let's actually hear what Schmidt had to say right now. The last three games here. We haven't played very well, uh, and that's not that hasn't been our mo, you know, in the last year and a half. Uh, I think it's it's something that uh, when, you, when you really come down to it, this
0: this month is big. I mean, it's, whether you catch the teams in front of you or not, that's uh, that's really what it comes down to. So yeah, Nate makes the point there. You've you've got to got to take advantage when the opportunities are there to build these points and. The division is not going to be easy. You want to win the division. It, it gives you a much, much more favorable path in the playoffs, as the Knights found out last year. But, again, I've heard a lot of people over the last you know month or two say, I think they can catch Calgary. I think they can catch them. Calgary's been running away. I think they can catch them. Well, San Jose has caught them. So now it's not just about catching Calgary. It's about also catching San Jose, who's been playing out of their minds, and San Jose finally passed Calgary uh, yesterday, Calgary does have two less games played, so they're in a, a little bit better of a position. But the way San Jose is playing, they're going to be really, huff, really tough to catch. So now if you can't catch Calgary or San Jose, if you're looking at third place, which is, you know, they're pretty squarely in third place right now are the Knights, then you're starting on the road against Calgary and if you win, it's most likely a date with San Jose on the road, which is no easy task at all. As You mentioned how good they are at home. So yeah you just want to get in and 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 that's the goal get into the playoffs and the knights still are pretty comfortable there although a couple teams going on a big run most notably vancouver you know could could threaten that a little bit but you know they are you know they're not just wanting to get in you want to be in an advantageous position once you get there and that is going to be an uphill battle
1: Yeah, they're in kind of a weird spot right now. They're nine points clear of Vancouver right now for third in the Pacific. So basically, they're kind of equidistant, as we're saying right now, from first place with San Jose to fourth place in the division, which is the Canucks. So the Knights are kind of in this in-between state where they do have a lot of room to make up to get to the top of the standings. It'll be interesting to see if they can kind of make up that room potentially with a trade deadline acquisition. We're talking a couple weeks before the February 25th NHL trade deadline. And I'm kind of curious to see what general manager George McPhee is going to do to improve this roster, if anything, because as we've just been mentioning here, this is a playoff roster. This team is good enough to make the playoffs and potentially, I think, compete in the playoffs. Is it good enough to go back to the Stanley Cup final? I don't know, and that's a question that they're going to have to really dig deep into in the Golden Knights front office these coming weeks. And it's beyond that, because I think the easy answer – I think right now is to look at
0: the roster and say, it's probably not a Stanley Cup roster right now. It might be. If things break well, it could go that direction. But I don't think you go into the playoffs as one of the favorites. I don't think teams are looking at you like, oh yeah, that's definitely the team to beat. They're going to be in the Stanley Cup. I think you're looking at more Nashville, Winnipeg, uh, certainly Calgary and San Jose, San Jose, I think is the uh, the top team in the West to me. And they are in the standings as well now. Uh, so... Is it, you know, is it a case where they have the roster right now where you think they're going to win it? Not necessarily, but they could. But at the same time, do you want to make moves when you have such talent in your, in your core as far as you know, the, the guys that could be coming up between Branstrom and Haig and you know, down the road with Glass and, and, and guys like that that are huge pieces that could get you massive guys in return that really could put you over the top this year? But you're mortgaging potentially the next four or five years of having those guys on your roster. So how much do you look at this as the opportunity is there, make a move, make it happen. You never know how you know, how long the window is going to be open for. So put everything you can into winning as compared to, hey, you know, we're good enough to maybe have a chance and then next couple years we're probably going to be really good too and maybe we'll make the move down the road you never know how open your
1: window is going to be in sports so it does become a very difficult proposition right the knights are in a weird spot right now because it's easy to forget because they've built this thing so quickly they are still a second year team that needs a lot of assets just to build out their minor leagues uh owner bill foley was on the knights official podcast a couple weeks ago and said they didn't want to trade their 2019 first round pick And there's a part of me that really does believe that because they just need bodies in their minor leagues. They just need a number of prospects to kind of fill it out because while they do have some top prospects, you mentioned Cordy Glass, Eric Brandstrom, Nicholas Haig, they don't have the depth of prospects that other teams have, and so they still need to build that out. And so there's kind of these competing goals where you want to build a good foundation for your team, but you also have a team that's really good right now. And even though we say that they might not necessarily be Stanley Cup favorites right now, we didn't say them going to th- that about them going to the playoffs last yeah. year and they still made that run. So you never know. I do wonder if there is a sort of minor acquisition they could make to make that third line better and potentially not give up a top pick or one of their top prospects. Because we saw the other night in against Columbus, Dragalant just benched two thirds of his third line for the entire third period. Yeah. He said, Valentin Zika, Tomas Nosek, I've seen enough from you after two periods. Just chill out there, and I'll rotate Cody Eakin in with the fourth line. So I do wonder if there's some sort of acquisition they can make to strengthen that out. Because we've seen Cody Eakin scored a goal with the fourth line. Cody Eakin played really well with the second line when Paul Stasley was injured early earlier this year. Cody Eakin can be a productive player when he has better players around him. So you could potentially make an acquisition to upgrade on one of the wing spots on the third line, and then get more production out of Cody Eakin and get more depth scoring throughout your lineup. And, and I think they're
0: hoping Brandon Peary can be that guy again, at least in stretches. We saw him really break out and have an unbelievable start to his season for the Golden Knights and then tail off a little bit. He hasn't been in the lineup the last couple of games. Uh, we do expect him in tonight. As we said, this is Tuesday morning slash afternoon, so uh, they're playing tonight. Brandon Peary, we do expect, is in the lineup. He said he's going to be in the lineup. You know, Gallant said he's going to be in the lineup, so we think he's going to be in the lineup. You never know until the game actually comes around. But if he can get back to being very productive, that helps the third line. The third line has been an issue. I mean, we talked about the first line struggling. They have snapped out of it. They are looking uh, dangerous and you know in, in top form again. The second line has been productive all year. The fourth line, when they're all healthy, is really, really good. The third line has been an issue, and they want to find production on there. And as you mentioned Cody Eakin, with the right mix, can be a very productive player. Brandon Peary has been, you know, very streaky. Can you go out and find, you know, those kind of guys that maybe can solidify that third line? Not give up a whole lot defensively, but they can be productive. I think that would be an area of of need. And certainly, you know, top end defensemen, I think, are uh, are still an area of need. They've got guys that they like and they're comfortable with, but if you could find, you know, a, a very uh, you know, a, a defenseman that fits your style. I mean, we talked so much about Eric Carlson last year. There's not a whole lot of them out there. Uh, those are those are tough guys to find. But you know, similar players like that, I think, would be uh, beneficial, perhaps, for the Golden Knights to add players like that. But you don't want to work in the future. And I I feel like if this was not a second year team, it would be a much easier decision to say we're going for it. The windows, you know, our window is open. We can make two or three you know moves, or even one huge move and really solidify this team and make us a legitimate threat. And if you're a franchise that's been around 50, 60 years, you know those windows are very very tight, but they're in a different position. They've got a lot of draft picks, as you said, a lot of top-end prospects, but not a whole lot of depth in their prospects. It's a different equation that, that they have to deal with. So I think they are one of the most intriguing teams in the league as the deadline approaches.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Our colleague Dave Shane actually had a great story about this in our paper today. He said, hey, pick up the paper or just click on that story at reviewjournal.com if you want to learn more. Um, but Dave talked to General Manager George McPhee, and from what I read out of it, McPhee j- doesn't sound ready to do much of anything.
0: You, it's so weird because McPhee speaks in code. So if you, I th- we both, I think we both have this quote in front of us, but he basically has an entire quote about saying that they're not going to do much,
1: and then there are three keywords will be involved. Right. So he's going to pick up the phone. He's going to call, and he's going to see what's available because, as you said, they've got some pieces they can move. They've got draft picks. They don't sound inclined to move their first-rounder this year. they got some top prospects. I don't think they'd be inclined to move them. But they have $16.5 million in cap space they could use. They do have a guy, Nikita Gusev, who was the KHL Russian League MVP last year who they could look to move. He actually could potentially come over this summer. So he could be very helpful to an NHL team that's kind of looking to rebuild for next year. So he's got some assets to trade. And it sounds like, to me, he's just kind of going to wait and see if he can kind of steal somebody from another team or really lowball someone and get them to take an offer.
0: Yeah, he said, there are years where you feel like you have to do something to help your team. And there are years you look at your team and say, it's a solid team and we like it as it is. And that's how we feel this year. Oh, okay, they're not going to do anything. They're good. We're a pretty solid team, and we're not interested in taking anyone off our team, off our roster. Oh, they're, they're not doing anything. We'll be involved, and we'll see where it goes. What? Where did, the, where did that part come from? And, and I think a lot of times, you know, George McFee doesn't talk a whole lot. He doesn't say much. He talks quietly, but he's pretty impactful with his words, and he knows what he's saying. And I think right there he's he's saying, hey, we don't need to do anything,
1: but we will. Right, but we'll see. We'll see what's out there. because yeah. And last year, they were very active. They got Ryan Reeves and Tomas Tatar around the deadline, and Reeves turned out to be a very productive player Gave for them. Give up a lot for Tatar. Tatar was productive with the Canadians this year after <laughs> yeah. they uh, shipped him there uh, for Max Pacioretty. But I do think it's always hard, and I get where he's kind of coming at this in terms of, do you want to give up? And he actually did say he wasn't inclined to take on rental players, just like last year both those guys were theoretically going to be available for multiple years. It's hard to take a guy off another team, stick him in this system, and have them produce right away. And we even saw that with Tomas Tatar. He's producing this year for the Canadians. He's a good hockey player. Yeah. But it's hard to just all of a sudden come onto a team with right now they have 25 games left, learn the system that quickly, and get playoff ready in that short of amount of time. Even Ryan Reeves, he's a fan favorite now, and we all cheer. You know, they all cheer for him whenever he's warming up. He struggled in his first couple games with the Golden Knights. People goal wanted him out. Right. I think it's easy to forget that now because he's become so popular, but it a, was a really hard adjustment for him coming into this team. We had Nick Holden in studio a couple weeks ago, and he even talked about they play differently than I've ever played before, so it took me some time to learn how I have to execute this system. So I don't think getting rentals and getting guys that you're just trying to fit into this puzzle isn't always great. It has to be the right fit because they're learning on the fly so, so much. And that's really hard to do. And I think we underestimate the human element of how hard that is to do while you're moving to a new city, while you're trying to figure out, how do I get my car here? Where am I going to live here for the next couple months? How am I getting my family here? There's so much that is going in these guys' minds when they're traded that it is really difficult for them to just step in and kind of be that key missing piece for a team.
0: Yeah, we also have to point out that the Golden Knights did essentially make a you know, an acquisition in in Max Pacioretty before the season by making their trade then instead of waiting for now when, you know, a guy like him might have been on the market. So, you know, they made their improvements to try to make the roster better. They also, of course, signed Paul Stastny. That was an off season move. But making a trade for a guy like Pacioretty who would have been, you know, he would have been available at this time. He would have been a guy that was on the market, we think, although Montreal is actually good. Maybe it wouldn't have happened. Uh, But, you know, those are the kind of guys that are available right now that you try to go after, and they already did that before the season started. So they they did make those moves to try to make the roster better and more competitive for a Stanley Cup. Not more competitive as a team. We know they were at the top of the league last year. But, uh, you know, they wanted to make those moves before the year and have guys able to, you know, implement into the system, as you mentioned, instead of trying to do it uh, in a rush. So uh, they did add those kind of guys to make themselves better. And Stastny is a guy who has been a— acquisition guy a trade deadline acquisition guy just uh, last just year last
1: year so going to the Winnipeg Jets and they actually need a number two center they could use a Paul Stastny right <laughs> they, about now they
0: sure could and so you know
1: certainly keep an eye out on who's out there on the market
0: uh, the Golden Knights have had scouts at a lot of different games the last couple of weeks so we know they're at least monitoring what's going on and what could be out there and you know another way to make acquisitions is to get guys healthy and Riley Smith got healthy that was a very nice pickup for the Golden Knights after missing some time. And then he was integrated back onto that first line. And, you know, we just mentioned that they were breaking out of it a little bit. We were talking about how much there was not much production last week. Gave some uh, pretty troubling numbers about the first line.
1: That's kind of changed. Yeah, that's kind of completely reversed. So I like to think that we motivated them think to be better. They I w- hope so. They were They were three of the 25 million people to listen to the podcast last week. There you go. Yeah, and then in the last week, Jonathan Marshall had four points. William Carlson had four points. Riley Smith had three points. That's all over their last three games, which, as you said, two wins, a win against the best team in the league at the best team in the league's building in Tampa Bay, a win at Detroit, and then a 4-3 loss at home to the Columbus Blue Jackets. But as you said, that's a huge development for them because that's basically functioning as almost a trade deadline acquisition that they get Riley Smith back healthy. They also got William Carrier back healthy against the Columbus Blue Jackets, and I thought he had a particularly impressive game. He had eight hits.
0: We were, we were laughing about the fact that he you come off of, of the injury you know list,
1: and all of a sudden you're just throwing your body around like crazy again as he does. That was tied for the fourth most in his career, eight hits. He just completely went back and was like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. just missed hitting people. And I, I can, can appreciate that as a former hockey player. I don't feel like you ever hit anyone, though. Yeah, I was a gentle giant.
0: Did you, I mean, did, how many checks did you deliver in your entire hockey career? Like two?
1: I didn't keep a running tally. You know? Well, I, it can't be more than 10. I was, you know, I had to keep guys away from my net. I was a big, you know, right shot defenseman. No one's messing with my goalies. But wouldn't you just more kind of shove than hit? Like a light, you know, light tap. <laughs> I just can't. Don't I I can't, do that. I can't
0: see you hitting anyone. No, I'm, I'm not, I'm, it's, it goes for myself too. I was terrible at football because I didn't want to hit anybody. And I had, like, perfect footwork and everything else. And I was like, I don't want to hit you. Like, well, you didn't do anything to me. <laughs>
1: me and Will Carrier had slightly different styles on the ice. Yeah. We'll,
0: just, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I think me and you would have a similar uh, attitude about it. But I just I can't see you delivering a check to anybody. Maybe we'll, you know, maybe we'll do that for, the, for the, live, the Facebook Live that we do once in a while. Um, we do it every week. But I'm saying at one point we'll have you try to deliver a check.
1: I like that. I can be down for that. I'll bring my hockey stick, get my gloves going. Well, we'll bring it. I think that will be good. Try to check somebody right through the set. It will be perfect.
0: Uh, make sure you stay tuned to that. And watch our Facebook Live every, every week. We do uh, answer your questions. You can send in any questions you have for the podcast as well. Hit up Ben or myself. You can find us on Twitter, email, all those places. You know where to look. The usual spot. For sure. Well, so the first line has responded. They are playing better. We talked about the second line. You know, they've been productive all season. We'll keep monitoring what goes on with this team as they continue to try to set themselves up For a postseason run, looks like they're probably going to be there. It would require a pretty good collapse for them not to make the playoffs at this point. But uh, we'll find out who they're going to play, who they might be matched up against, and more importantly, as we talked about, do they make any changes between now and the trade deadline? Which is, we'll have another podcast before then, but uh, we'll keep you up to date on what they plan on doing. And you can always check out everything that the Golden Knights are doing at ReviewJournal.com and on all of our Twitter feeds as well. Ben S. Goats, at Adam Hill LVRJ. Follow Dave as well. Check him out. Does some good out. work. He does some, he does some good stuff every once in a while. Uh, but a lot of home games coming up. So I know the fans are excited to get out, watch watch practice for this big stretch, get out to the games as well. Eight of nine, so seven of the next eight now that the one game is out of the way. And we'll have it all for you at ReviewJournal.com. Ben, this was a very educational and entertaining Podcast.
1: That's what we're aiming for here on the Golden Edge Podcast. That's what we try to do. February
0: twenty fifth is out there. The trade deadline. It's a big date. Most guys know exactly what the date is. Although I know you're speaking to Brandon Peary today. He had no idea.
1: Brandon Peary had no idea. Nate Schmidt knew right away. Yeah. Nate Schmidt. Uh, I think likes the scuttlebutt. He likes to gossip. <laughs> he definitely does like to gossip. And uh,
0: we also we will have to tell you a story very soon because we got to the bottom of a huge controversy involving two players in almond milk today. Uh, that I think I started accidentally the other day, and uh, it continued today with the discussion. So, does almond milk go bad? I'm just going to throw that out there. There's a huge disagreement between two players of whether it does or not. I have some, I have some mixed thoughts. I'm not sure, but maybe we'll get to the bottom of that as the season wears on. Check us out here with all of the things we bring you: video, podcasts, stories, everything else at Review Journal. Thanks for listening to the Golden Edge Podcast. Tell your friends. Tell everyone. And uh, keep up to date with what's going on with the Golden Knights. Thanks, everybody. Let people know how much you
1: love us or hate us. Or or hate us. We'll take either. Just let them know that we exist.